0: Welcome back to the Project Twenty Four YouTube podcast. This is Episode Twenty Two. Well, hello everyone. Uh, this it's your friendly neighborhood Nate here, and I have a special guest here today. It is Ricky. I don't know if you want to. Add, I was about to call you your friendly neighborhood Ricky, but I don't know how you would refer to yourself, Doctor Ricky. <laughs> I. Maybe someday. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, no doctorates here yet. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, this episode is going to be huge. I am super excited to yeah. share this with you. Oh, It's blowing my mind how big this might be for some of you listening here. And because this comes from hours and hours of observation as well as a very well-worded post in the Project 24 community that kind of sprung this discussion that Ricky and I had. So we wanted to get on here and bring this up for you and apply it to your channel. Now, the title we we put on this podcast, is uh, you know, the missing link for early channel growth, but this applies for ongoing channel growth also, not just early, but decided to put that on there (laughs) for you. So the thread is from Project 24 member uh, Start in Seoul, and they basically asked, so the title was, how do beginning channels work in the algorithm? That was the question. It was about YouTube. How do they work in the algorithm? The question was, in essence, look, if, if I have a brand new channel, I don't have any watch time, I don't have an established audience, I don't have subscribers to work with, how does the brand new channel get recommended? Like, how does the algorithm decide what to do with that channel, right? Yeah. And so, really good question. We wanted to address this here because, fundamentally, and there were some really good answers to this. I don't need to double say what was already said in this thread, but fundamentally, you you don't have an audience. The algorithm doesn't have data to go off of, right? So what it does have to go off of is what data, okay, I need to amend that. They don't have audience data to go off of. They don't know audience behavior, viewer behavior, interests, a profile of the audience, right? Because your channel's still too small. They don't have a lot of data there. But what they do have to go off of is the data that you give them In the video, everything about it, the words spoken, uh, the title, the thumbnail, the objects, the words, the faces, the emotion, they know more about your content (laughs) than they tell us because you'd probably be creeped out if you knew how much. (laughs) But they have all of that, and that is what they have to go off at the beginning, right? So the question is, they have that to Uh go off in the beginning. What can we do about that early on? To better leverage channel growth right. right and so ricky and i were talking about this the other day and so how i look at this is and feel free to chime in if you have yeah. thoughts here yeah. ricky how i look at this is in the early stages of a channel especially the algorithm needs additional clearly defined data points and the more clearly i can give them data points the better so there was a concept in a ye old iteration of uh-huh. us teaching uh, YouTube that we called Source Inversion. Yep. And it's still partially applicable, which is why I'm bringing it up here. And I wanted to refresh it, basically, because it was brought up in this thread. Source, the idea was um, what we, ye old a while <laughs> back, we taught, like, okay, in the early stages of your channel, create content that targets search right and then once your content it starts to get as much traffic or more from the other aspects of youtube like browse and suggest then you can start creating more interest-based content you have anything to add to that that that's or, basically you? it but yeah that was just
1: we because we had the same question um back in those ye old days it was like <laughs> you have a brand new channel uh, how, how do we get our first viewers once we have viewers we know what to do. We know if we can create the right kind of content and then YouTube gets viewer data, they know where to push it. They know what to do with it. Mm -hmm. So the the idea was if we create searchable videos, you know, on topics that are just highly search relevant, then you're going to get those eyeballs. People are going to find it in that way. And then, you know, some of them are going to really like you and jive with you and subscribe and Start watching your videos. And then once YouTube starts to get that data, then great. They're going to start suggesting. And once you start to see that change, then great. Now I know YouTube's doing that. I don't, I don't have to make search-focused videos anymore. Mm-hmm. So, it's, a, I mean, it's a built on solid footing, I think. Uh-huh. It's logic. a
0: concept that still works in many cases, mm-hmm. primarily with information-first archetype channels. Yeah, which is really where Jim and I came from. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. And so I actually, most of the time, and for this same purpose, we still teach the concept of finding cracks Uh in YouTube, finding the underserved things where you're looking at channels, they have 10,000 subscribers, the video got 100,000, like, huh, there's a lot of interest in there, right? (laughs) What happened? And that concept still applies here. But the question, this was brought up in, in this thread was like, okay, does the concept of source inversion still apply now? Like, do I still, early on in my channel create videos that target search primarily, and then when I get that source inversion, I start getting more views from Browse and Suggest than from search, then I can start creating more interesting or interest-based content. And in most cases, I don't recommend that channels do that because the primary issue we ran into with that methodology was you could target searches and you would get search traffic, but then what we'd try to do then is create it's basically transform the archetype of the channel right. into a different archetype uh-huh. and all of a sudden hope that that works. When we've built the channel up to that point on primarily, usually, information or even the 0. 0.75, the search-based <laughs> traffic archetype. yeah And so if we build the entire channel based around that and then all of a sudden we're like, oh, and by the way, we're flipping the entire, you know, audience intention for being here. It just, it didn't work well yeah uh, in a lot of cases. And so the... The, basically the evolution from there was, okay, well, let's continue to target search but make our videos very interesting right. and pull in the other aspects. That I do see being a lot more successful and still being successful. Mm-hmm. So targeting cracks and getting those searches and then getting people reasons to stay around on your channel, that is still being successful. But it's not everything. Yeah. So the next iteration was, look, we have different archetypes, which are basically, you know, the information, entertainment, or connection, the primary reasons why people come to my channel. You know, are they there for the usefulness of the content? Are they there for it to be entertained? Or are they there to spend time together, Mm -hmm. to hang out because they like you as a person? That's primarily how I would approach those. And so going down that route, it's been really, really revolutionary for a lot of people thinking about their channel that way with the audience intention. However, this is the big thing here. I fear that in some ways, and I'm including myself in this, by going that route so strongly, we've bypassed the importance of topic. Right. So this is, I don't know, this
1: is really interesting to me. So um, I've noticed this because on, even on the blogging side, over time, we've seen different iterations of what we teach. And oftentimes it's like, okay, I found this, this approach that I think is better. And we teach that approach and we teach it strongly. But what happens is we teach it having a frame of reference of what we used to teach. But somebody coming in now may not have that old, doesn't have that old frame of reference. Mm-hmm. And so you focus so heavily on archetype that you forget like, I need a topic. Mm -hmm. Just like we've done this on the blogging side so many times where we see it's like, okay, let me teach you a better way. But for those people who started the old way and learned the new way, they're like, perfect, this was what I needed. Uh But for those people who didn't get the old way, they're like, I'm totally
0: lost. Yeah, so take it from Nate and Ricky here. Officially, the topics you cover on your channel are still critically important. And let me give you some data points from my own observations to back this up here. I've started to get to where if someone comes to me with a channel and they say, and I get a lot of these because I have that feedback link in the bottom of every channel maker's video, I get a lot of these people (laughs) saying, this channel grew really fast. Why? It's gotten so that, get this, Ricky, I, I was telling you that I want everybody to get this. It's gotten so that one of the primary predictors of the success of a fast growing channel Listen closely, listen closer, guys. I'm super excited for this because it's it's huge. Uh, one of the primary predictors of a fast growing channel is they own a topic on YouTube. So this is a concept we've talked about in the past about you know you know niche down, niche down, whatever. Yeah. I, I don't I don't think of it as niche down, but let me tell you how I see this happening. I'll use an example. There was a uh, there was a channel brought up in that feedback form on channel makers. They said, "Look, this channel has grown faster than almost any of the other ones in my industry." And it was kind of the the homesteading style of channel. And they said, "Why is this channel so much bigger than the other ones in my industry? When we're all doing similar stuff, we're doing you know various food preparation, you know, working on the farm, building this thing in our house, all of that." I would say leading with a connection style of archetype, you know, you, you get to know them, you care about what they're doing in their life. Right. And I had this hunch. I looked at the channel, I clicked through, they said, this is the channel. What's going on with it? I clicked through and I said, I wonder, I I think this is the case. I clicked through on the most popular videos and I was telling Ricky this of the top 10 to 15 videos, 75% of them were a similar topic. In this case, it was freezer meals, freezer meal preps. And showing it and all of that. Now, there's a lot of other reasons why those videos would be successful. I didn't click through on them, but the topic is what's it was like a ton of bricks. It hit me with a ton of bricks. I realized, oh my gosh, this is a missing link for so many channels, especially the ones that are entertainment or connection first archetypes. Because what we need is we still need topic authority, we still need channel authority around certain topics, not just a single topic. And so this is the very reason why I will see channels. I'll use a gaming channel, for example. If a gaming channel picks up on a new game early on and they become the go-to channel for that, they will, I guarantee this, if they pick up early on as the interest is growing on the game, they will grow more quickly than a general gaming channel. Yes. Guarantee it. I am certain of that. And the same is true of a variety of trends. But even if it's not a trendy topic... I keep seeing over and over again, you have to have topics that you become known for from an algorithm standpoint. You gotta have it. Yeah. No, I think
1: that's, I. it seems obvious to me because we, I on YouTube have always taken an information first archetype and on an information first type channel, you you don't stray that far on the topic. It's like, you know, I have a, YouTube channel that mostly talks about blogging and SEO and how to make money with a blog. Why would I suddenly start talking about selling cars? Mm -hmm. That would just be so out of left field. I have no authority. Why would anybody care what I have to say about that on that channel? If I'm really into it and I'm all about flipping cars, then cool. Maybe I have a new channel that's about flipping cars and I build that topical authority on that subject. But on a channel about blogging, I... Why would I do that? It doesn't make any sense. But I think that if you're in an entertainment or connection first type archetype, it's not as obvious when you start to drift, um, or if you're at the very beginning, you know, you're just trying out different things, seeing what works, and you never there's never that thing that glue that holds the whole channel together, mm-hmm. and so people watch a video, maybe they watch a the second one, they're like, I don't know what to expect when I come when I see a video from this channel. So I don't know if I'm going to like it. So I'm maybe less likely to click on it next time I see it in my feed.
0: This 100% exactly what Ricky just said, Uh, because this is the purpose of the content buckets. When you're working through the compass space, when you're crafting your channel, you're creating those content buckets. It's it's both the topic and the delivery of the topic. So the archetype and the topic. And you have to have some clearly defined topics. I am seeing. Well, okay, okay. The amendment there, the exception is you can still grow a channel without clearly defined topics. I get it. It often takes longer though. And if you want to grow more quickly, uh, I keep seeing it over and over and over again, build topic authority on your channel and it's it's the similar idea to, to niching down or, or why you'll see a channel if there's something that's underserved on YouTube and they just really own it, why they grow so quickly. That's partially why. Yeah. Because they built that authority. So as you're creating your content buckets or reviewing after you listen to this uh, episode, hopefully if if you've had some thoughts pop to mind, go back and look at your core content buckets and make sure that you have topics in there as well as just styles of videos. Uh, We don't just want certain styles of videos, but topics of videos that you own. The other, Oh, go ahead. I was going to say along those lines, like, I
1: think I generally take it too far the other way. Because I have such an information focused channel, my content buckets are basically just topics without delivery, without archetype really built into it. It's like, oh well, I make videos about SEO. Good I point. make videos about Google and WordPress updates. I make and so I I swing I'm too far the other direction. Mm-hmm. My content buckets need to take into account delivery. What are the types of delivery within those topics? That do well on my channel, can I can I learn from that and create more videos that include both topic and format and archetype and everything, so that y- there's more videos within that type of content bucket that people will really connect with.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I for a while I lo- I'm so glad you brought that up, Erky, because there is the flip side of that. Yeah, for a while there, I was seeing I was pretty adamant actually for a while, uh, including to having conversations with other well-known YouTube channels. If I were to name them, the creators of them, you would recognize them listening to mm-hmm. this. And they brought up the topic of topic authority with a channel or channel authority on a topic. And I was like, nah, now YouTube yeah. treats each piece of content independently. They test it independently. I'm, that's just, I'm not seeing that uh, to be true. Well, it's, and it's, they, yeah. they do treat the pieces independently, but channel authority is definitely a thing. <laughs>
1: right. So it's like, okay, we treat it independently. However, um, your audience, you, you know, what What are the early metrics they get back? We were talking about earlier. It's like, how did your audience receive this video? What sort of click-through rate are you getting when people see the, you know, the title and the thumbnail? And then how much of the video are they watching? What's the engagement like? And if, if it's not what people expected, you won't get the same engagement unless it's like mind-blowing, like, oh, this is better than I expected for some reason. Which I think in expansion buckets, like we knew, we do need to press the limits when we want to grow, absolutely for sure. But we push the limits; we don't just like ignore them <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> and just like do whatever um, just came to mind, you know. Um, and so, yeah, that, I think that's that's what that's about. It's you know, e, e, let's say channel authority isn't a thing they they measure at all; it's still a behavioral thing for your audience. That said, there probably is some sort of measurements in the algorithm around like this channel when they talk about these topics tend to do better. Uh-huh. Let's push it. I've noticed that too, by the way, yep. where it's like early metrics. Within a few hours of a video publishing, it's like, you know, I get the feedback from YouTube. It's like, hey, your click-through rate on this video is higher than usual. Watch times seem typical for usual, but view counts low. Well, if the click-through rate is high, but view count is low. YouTube is showing it to fewer people. Yep. Why? I don't know why because the metrics suggest
0: they should want to push it further and they don't. Mm-hmm. There's something that, you know, you know, Ricky, when there's those things that when you spend enough time around something and I happen to spend a lot of time on YouTube, <laughs> uh you start to kind of get this like these ideas this could be in anywhere, you know, any industry you're in, but I'm going to talk about YouTube here. Start to get these ideas like, you know what? I don't have real data to back this up, but I think, Um, but there's something there. (laughs) There's something about past uh, video performance around topics on YouTube that a YouTube, the algorithm is more willing to trust your content. If you have shown that you can satisfy an audience with that same content in the past, there's something about it because a channel that has shown in the past, we'll use Income School, if they've shown in the past that they create really good SEO guides, the algorithm is more likely to trust that piece of content going forward. Do I have data to back this up? No, but I have a pretty strong hunch that this is going on. And so, I mean, you can call that channel authority, topic authority, right? Right. But it is definitely a thing I'm seeing. And so what does that translate to you listening to this? One of the biggest... Things I see happen, especially I'll use a connection style. Let's say you're doing um, family vlogs and you're building your channel and you're saying, look, I'm, I'm upping my production quality. I'm doing a lot of stuff. Why isn't my channel growing? Uh, somebody brought this up uh, recently also in that feedback form. They said that there's this channel and they pretty darn high quality production, but the channel's got, I don't know, like 250 videos on it, 200 videos, only about 4,000 subscribers And each video is getting about 500 views on it and it looks flat. And I was looking at it and I was realizing any given video is almost entirely random in topic. Yeah. Almost entirely random. One of them is about, Hey, we made this Italian dish. The next one is we visited this thing. The next one is hanging out with grandpa. The next one is this. And a lot of family style channels like that and, and they want to do that when they're family vlogging. And maybe you're listening to this and you're thinking, hey, I'm doing a family vlog or or you know, a stay-at-home mom vlog or whatever it is you're doing. Uh, but when it's random like that, almost every time I've seen that, the algorithm has a hard time pinpointing it. You have a hard time growing. That model can work once you have a larger audience. Yeah, I get it. But even then, there is that factor of channel uh, trust that channel, uh, topic authority. Yep. And so if you become known for freezer meal stuff, for example, you can do a variety of videos and have your your connection style audience uh, enjoy it. Like, hey, I watch all the videos, but you'll still see when they do a freezer meal video, it spreads further. Totally. just something about it because they've established yep. that topic authority.
1: Yeah. It, it makes expanding difficult. Uh-huh. Um, we, I mean, we've seen this. We used to talk before a lot about I don't want to pigeonhole a channel early on into one thing because then that's all it will ever be known for. Mm-hmm. And we've struggled with this on income school at times. There was a time when we wanted to just teach YouTube on income school and it just flopped every time. It's like those videos just did not do well. It and we just assumed our audience that the audience we had didn't want that content. And so it wasn't gonna work there. Um there might be even more to the well also we didn't have topic authority on that and yeah. so um you know it anyway there's i think there's something there um it definitely happens and has been happening for a very very long time um and so it's almost like you need to find you need content buckets but you definitely need like more than one go-to bucket mm-hmm. like you know you've got 100%. this channel this example we've been using of these freezer meals right i i would not tell that channel Oh, just make freezer meal videos? No, no way. I would not give that advice. And if you and if you do try other content buckets, you might find there's another one that you end up just nailing um, eventually. And so that's why we need
0: expansion buckets.
1: We've got to test the waters a bit
0: and not get stuck just doing one thing. Uh-huh. I think nowhere is this more obvious than in gaming channels. We want to. I wanted to address gaming channels. So if you're listening, you have a gaming channel. Most of them the path they take is they choose a specific game and they become known for that game. It's great in many cases early on because you get that topic authority. Right. And so you get it. It's like, yeah, this is great. But then the moment that that channel maker tries to switch to another game, it drops. Everybody's boom. Everybody's gone. And we know the two directions, audience expectations, but also it's looking like topic authority expectations. So what do you do in that case? Right. Are you just, is it just bad? So to speak to that point, it's, you do not want to be pigeonholed. It's, it's a fun balancing act to do. And that's why when you're creating your content buckets, um, you want your core ones. And even then you don't want it to be around one single topic. Exactly what Ricky was just talking about. You want a variety as much as possible, as well as a variety of styles, archetypes, right? It Or the approaches that you do. Yeah, video formats or whatever. Video formats, that's what it meant, yeah. Um, So the thing there is, well, what would I do if I found myself in a situation where I had a gaming channel and I was pigeonholed into a single game? Uh, It was, uh, I I don't know, Halo. Let's say the Uh, new Halo that just came out. Um, And so if that was all I was known for and I had made that mistake, I'd build an audience and I'm like, oh man, dang it. (laughs) I'm stuck with this game. What if the game becomes outdated, you know, which games tend to do. Uh, People move on to the new latest, greatest thing. What would I do then is I would need to seriously look at uh, taking a step back and saying aspects of that topic or that game that my audience might also be interested in. And in the gaming example, similar games, Yeah. Uh, other first person shooter games, for example, Um, that would be a great example of saying, look guys, and I would let my audience know, look, You know, I love this, but I also want to start branching out and um, communicate that with the audience and then start trying new content styles.
1: Right. So that might be one of those times, I mean, in the YouTube system, you talk about pivoting, right? Mm -hmm. And so there are times when we do the type of pivot that you don't really need to alert your audience. I think like in the, if you were going to start a new game, I don't think that's something you would want to, even if it's like similar I don't think that's something you would want to just not say. All of a sudden (laughs) I start putting out a bunch of videos about Call of Duty and it's like, well, uh, hold up. This was a Halo channel. It's like, no, it's a gaming channel. Nope. It's always been a Halo channel. Uh I think it would be something where like, I think you could even find some success if you said, Hey everybody, I love this game. I, you know, I've been playing Halo for years. I love Halo. Um, but I just got into this other game I love it. And if you like Halo, I think you should go check it out too. I think it's amazing. Let me show it to you. Uh Like that's going to have a higher success rate, I think, than just I randomly started making videos on two or three other games.
0: Uh Totally agree. And when you do make the pivots, you make the new content super appealing. Oh, yeah. Like this is really, really cool. Like really (laughs) awesome new video and a new topic. Uh Uh, because a few reasons. One, you need to uh, convert your audience to the new topic you're going with, but also you need to convert the algorithm. Yeah. (laughs) You need to show the algorithm, hey, I also know how to do this topic.
1: (laughs) And I think that one of the ways that we could be more successful with expansion buckets is by taking a very proactive approach to converting the audience. Because if you have initial success in a new topic, like maybe even above average success, then the algorithm sees that, right? Maybe maybe that's how we train the algorithm is we we just like we hype up the change sometimes. and obviously, there are situations where you want the change to be smaller and not as noticed. Mm-hmm. Um, but but I think that if you're gonna need to make like a real pivot like this, if we can convert the humans, then the algorithm, We'll see that and see, oh, yep. this channel can do a really good job in this topic too. Let's give it a chance. Mm-hmm.
0: And then you're off to the races. And then you have a stronger channel. Right. The If you have the more legs for your t- topics for your channel to to utilize, yep. you have a stronger channel. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll use a real world example. So one of the springboard moments for channel makers was YouTube shorts. Uh-huh. Uh, because one day Jim came in and he said, YouTube shorts. <laughs> we yeah. you gotta, you gotta get so on top of this. So it was awesome. like, yeah. Anyway. So I turned around and made a video. It took off really quickly, all of that. And it was great, but I was even more excited when I had another video on a totally different topic take off. And right. because then I knew, look, now I have more than one thing, right? And I'm not stuck with YouTube shorts. You know? Yeah. If I only make YouTube shorts content, then uh, that's it. You know? So I wanted to speak to that point next. Do this concept of source inversion, like, is that still relevant? This finding cracks, getting that, you know, making videos that are, that are cracks on YouTube and search, a source inversion, all of that, is that still relevant now? And I would put it this way. The other big issue, the other big reason why I, I'm careful not to do a source inversion approach anymore is because if we're spraying, praying, we're doing a bunch of cracks on YouTube, we might have a few videos take off. Right. But if we aren't planning to make continuous content of that type, if that isn't one of our core content buckets, that video was almost useless for us. Yes. If I have a tutorial channel and it's primarily about Photoshop and I randomly do one of another photo editing program and it takes off, but I never plan to do anything on that. Did that video really do much for me? I mean, yeah, it got me watch time, got me some ad revenue, but from a channel growth perspective right. and topic authority perspective, it almost didn't do anything for me.
1: Yeah, I would say um, your cracks need to be along the lines of what you want your channel to be. So I do think, especially in the early days of a channel, but maybe even at various other times and when we're trying to find expansion buckets and things like that, Um you know, it's great to find good cracks on YouTube. I think we want to do that. But yeah, I don't think we want to try out a whole bunch of very disparate, disconnected cracks at one time, probably ever. Yeah. And um, we should never make a video on a topic we don't want to continue. Because what if it does well? <laughs> <laughs> if it does poorly, like that's almost the best outcome on a topic you don't want to make videos about. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, So uh, that's not to say don't make a video in a crack that like you like the topic, but it's not quite what you thought your channel was going to be about. I think sometimes we often have, we often end up pivoting a little bit what we thought our channel would be Yeah. once we kind of find our stride and realize, oh, this is the audience I I have and I'm okay with that. So I think it's okay to play around with your approach a bit, Mm -hmm. but yeah. Don't, don't ever make a video on something you do that you would not be happy to continue on.
0: I agree with that. Totally. And so when you are planning out, you're crafting your channel, you've got your content buckets at that point, only at that point, I would start looking for cracks for those content buckets. I wouldn't leave right. with the finding underserved searches and then say, oh, I guess that could be a content bucket unless you're okay with it. Right. You're like, oh, yeah, I could do that going into the future because what you want to do then is if you have a video takeoff, that's a crack and it's, even if it's just a small takeoff, if your average is 100 views and a video gets to 500 views, like you know that's there's some potential there, yep. then you want to make further ones around that topic to establish the topic authority. Yeah, um, But don't pitch in your pigeonhole yourself exactly what yeah. we, we've been talking about. <laughs>
1: it's a fun balance
0: because when that first shorts
1: video took off, you did make other videos about shorts.
0: I actually pivoted my plan for the next few weeks because right. I had some other ones planned. I realized, oh, I got to own this. You yep. got to, this took off. We got to own this space. My video went, you know, mini viral. Right. And so it's like, okay, yeah, I got to follow up. I got to lock in this audience. And it
1: worked. You locked it in. But if you had just continued only talking about shorts for the next three months, that would have been pigeonholing. Yep. So you got to, there is a balance for
0: sure. Mm-hmm. So here's what we're looking at for for you. Uh, your channel early on has there is a lot of importance around topic authority. So, whatever you're looking to make when you're choosing your if you have not already worked through the crafting your channel, uh, if you're in the very first beginnings, don't worry about it, you know, work through your first 12 or so videos, record those, that's good. Don't worry about that. But if you're working, if you're going back and you're working through phase 1 and you're in the stage of crafting your channel, you're looking at your content buckets. Look at it through this lens. (laughs) Look at the topic authority that you're looking to establish, and especially if you're doing a connection style of channel. This over and over again. The most extreme example I saw of this was there was one that was positioning themselves as kind of a mom vlogger style channel. Mm -hmm. Their average video got, uh, I don't know, like 2,000 views. Every time they did a Costco haul, it's like the big you know, grocery, oh, grocery yeah. store, wholesale store. Yeah. Every time they did one of those, it got like 200,000 views. Yeah. So seeing that disparate of, a, of an audience means they didn't strengthen other content buckets. Right. So keep in mind, you don't just want to be known for one single thing. Yep. Uh, but make sure you have a good variety of topics and also you have your archetype in place and the types of videos you're making.
1: I'm, I'm like trying to think through this example like, what would I do if every Costco haul gets like two hundred thousand views? How do I expand from there? Do I like do a Winco haul and like compare the pricing a little bit, or like what I'm able to get at the different stores, and then um, play around a little bit more with the grocery shopping topics and stuff? I mean, I don't. I mean, I don't know. You'd have to play around with it, but like, let's learn from that. Mm-hmm.
0: And if you find yourself in a situation where you have. When you're you pigeonholed, you can go into your content buckets and say, right now, this is the reality. The, yes. This is the only one I have right now. You know, yeah. the other ones are just not really doing much. I want to do them, but at that point, those need to become expansion buckets. If you're wanting to go new directions, treat them as such, and therefore uh, that plays into your strategy of yes. what, what Ricky was saying earlier about introducing um, your audience to it clearly, let them know, and in all things, make the new expansion videos extra good yeah. <laughs> like you want those to be really compelling yep
1: so you know on the other end of the spectrum is an information channel um you're like well cool i have topic authority awesome um, i'm good at that but you look at your expansion buckets like when it's time to go back to phase one and the compass phase look at your expand. you look at or look at your content buckets rather and it's like okay here's what i make videos in and it's like you know these topics they're highly relevant You know, they're highly relevant to what my audience should want, but for some reason they don't do as well. Cool, well, maybe let's play around a little bit with the format of the video. Maybe we need to do something a little more fun to step up the entertainment or the connection aspect because when you talk about that, it's kind of dry. Or, you know, I mean, it could be any number of things. Maybe you just haven't established sufficient authority. You haven't had a video take off enough for YouTube to say, okay, this is a trusted source on this topic. But I think that's an, an angle... Um, I've definitely been playing with over the last several months is trying to find some new video formats um, build upon the strengths of what I know worked in the past and make sure that I don't like ignore those (laughs) but also as we look at this it's like originally I've been looking at expansion buckets as like okay well what are some other closely related topics I could start addressing and I think I need to go back to not just that I need to look at okay what are the topics I address is there another video format? Should I be introducing a little bit more archetype, other archetypes? Um, and so find a video format that kind of pulls those in. And I might actually find greater success there because maybe I have some topical authority. That topic's just kind of dry when I talk about it or, or something. Mm-hmm. So you have more levers to pull and more things to play with to find success.
0: I love that. And Uh, So your content buckets then are topics and delivery, uh, the type of video and archetype, the approach with it, especially the expansion ones. If, for example, you have a heavily information channel and you're just kind of sick of seeing whenever you talk about a certain topic, you get lots of views and everything else is really low views. Uh You say, I want to get a higher baseline of views. It might be time to look into adding some more connection elements. And then therefore that becomes an expansion bucket style that style becomes something that you're like yep i'm expanding into that that's good i love these conversations
1: (laughs) we have these all the time by the way so like we should just record more of them we should
0: (laughs) just say hold on ricky let me turn on a mic (laughs) i think this one's gonna be good let's turn on a mic just in case (laughs) (laughs) i love it well great so there you have it if you are at an early, especially early stages of your channel, uh, strongly look into building topical authority. And how you know that's a new expansion bucket or a new topic you're starting to build authority is you start to get new audience because of that topic. Uh, right. That is something that I see that as an indicator. Let's say you, you're always talking about uh, lav mics or something. on your, yeah. You pigeonhole yourself in lav mics. Uh, and if you start and you try a few videos about I don't know, computer keyboards and they're just not taking off. But as soon as you, if you keep, you know, chipping away at it t- keep trying to build that quality, making good videos about it. And you have a video start to take off and you see that it's bringing in fresh audience, new audience. That's when you know the the gap, the you're getting your foot in the door. Yeah. You're starting to get that authority on that one. And that's when you can start more confidently getting to the point where you can say, okay, uh, once I get this pretty well established, I can move this from expansion bucket into core content bucket.
1: Perfect.
0: Anything else you got, Ricky?
1: No, I think I'm out of out of wisdom for the day. <laughs> We're out, out of wisdom,
0: <laughs> I think I'm out of wisdom too. <laughs> well, thank you everybody for listening. Go implement that if you have not yet already. Definitely work through, get to the crafting your channel. Look at the core content buckets and the expansion buckets. This will be huge for you, and especially if you are at a smaller stage with your channel, <laughs> this could be a huge difference for you the number of times it's gotten so it's predictable for me yeah if i see a channel that's in especially one of the other archetypes that's entertainment or connection and somebody's like this one's grown really fast why is that it's almost predictable i can go in there and i say well i can pinpoint topics that they've established authority because the algorithm coming full circle back here about the algorithm needing data points When you're early on, they need additional clearly defined data points to know how to classify your audience and and from your data that you're you're giving them. So go forth and, and do it and we'll see you next time.